Hello, and welcome to the Outbranders podcast. I'm your host, Claire Crossgrove, and this is episode three, The Logo. Today is all about the logo. And first, I want to discuss about how Outbranders logo came to be, and then how a few other companies' logos came to be, and what we recognize them as today, compared to what they might have been before. So... Starting off with Outbranders, making a logo is very similar to my last podcast about making a name. This is what you put out there for people. This is how people recognize you and understand what you are and how people see you as a brand. So when I did Outbranders, my initial thought was I want it to be clean and clear. I want people to understand what the logo represents and I want it to be fun, something unique, something fresh. So as you can see with the Outbranders logo, it kind of hits each one of those points. It's very clean in both the colors being used and the fonts. The layout and feel, I think, with the colors I chose are very calming, even a bit meaningful. To me, they're meaningful. To others, they may not be, but (laughs) I wanted them to be maybe my favorite colors, (laughs) and I think that's meaningful. When coming up with the Outbranders logo, I wanted it to, again, represent something I enjoyed and I liked, my favorite colors and simplicity, but I also wanted it, when someone looks at it, they feel calmness and feel like Outbranders has your back. They can do the job that they're required to do because it's not full of clutter. They're easy to understand. That was my main driver of keeping it simple for Outbranders. With the iterations of the logo, because again, this is a lot of trial and error, testing it out, seeing what you like, seeing what you dislike, and kind of making modifications as you go. The first few logos of Outbranders were kind of clunky, too bold, Not what I wanted initially. Maybe too geometric, copied a different logo a little too much, too much similarity to a different logo. So I really wanted to focus down on what was truly important to me and what I thought a logo should be. Again, if you look at the Outbrainers logo, you have the big O and the little B kind of setting inside of it. And I really liked that concept because out branders, something is sticking out of the O, which I uh, just love. Um, <laughs> it really kind of, it's almost like a little play on words, draws in some uniqueness, but keeps it all simple. When you're coming up with logos, keep that in mind. How do you want to be represented? What do you think is the most important aspects of your business that others should understand? When they look at your logo, do they hit the few keywords that you want them to come in with? And it also puts them in that mindset. If it's very confusing and hard to understand, people are going to kind of associate that with your business as I don't really understand what's going on here. I think that's kind of wraps up the Outbrainers logo. If you do have any more questions about that or how I came to that, Other than what I discussed here, please ask, reach out. I am more than willing to talk about what was required in the steps um, and transitions of the logo itself 
But I think having that grasp and having that mindset of what do you really want to share and, you know, what are your favorite colors? What do you like to look at? As I mentioned in the previous podcast, the name, Podcast 2, make it be something that you enjoy and that you find happiness in. Because, again, this is your business. If you don't like the way it looks, it's not going to make you happy. So do what makes you happy. Make it how you want it to look. And if you're working with a designer or you yourself are designing it, do multiple iterations. Make sure you go through the steps. Show other family members, friends, whomever you trust and understand their guidance. Ask them what they think. Does this logo fit with me? Does this logo fit with my brand or my agenda on how I want to be represented? Ask them. People are more than willing to give you their opinions. And that can help or hurt you. But a lot of the times, they have really great feedback that you would never have thought of. Come up with multiple different styles. Make it dramatic. Make the differences very grand. And see what people like. Do A-B testing with your friends and see, ask them what they come up with the first few words of what that company would represent. These are all good key takeaways. And also, not only are you testing your market on how they would respond, but you're also getting great feedback. Maybe even some words that you didn't even think of you should describe your business as. Go in it with an open mind, but also... When you make a decision, make sure it's strong and you understand why you made that decision. Back it up and be able to hold your own if certain friends are so against that logo, but explain to them why it matters so much to you and stay strong to it. Stay true to that logo. Once you kind of create that sense, I think it's good to go and have fun with it. Make it make it your own. Make it something you enjoy. That is the Outbrander's logo and a little bit about how I think it's best to go about creating your logo or at least showing you some steps on how to go about that logo design and ideation. Next, I want to discuss a little bit more about other companies, logos, designs, and kind of what bucket they fall in. One is an image just by itself. The second letter image mix in kind of the letters being an image. And then the third is just letters. Letters are words. I'm going to give a few examples and kind of explain a little bit more about each one. Um, so jumping right in here, the first one that I, like, I would like to talk about, letters being an image. My few examples, one is the tie bar. And if you haven't heard of this, it's a men's clothing line. They do custom suits, ties, shirt stays, all that kind of stuff. Their logo, look it up, it's really cool. Their little logo or thumbnail is just a capital T with literally a dash below it. So T on top, dash below. And that is literally what a tie bar is. So the T, if you imagine, as a tie, and then the bar itself is the bar for tie bar. I thought that was just genius. And then also you can look at it as, look at the literal word. So the T 
itself obviously represents tie, but then the bar, if you say it out loud, it is a bar. I thought there were multiple ways to understand that logo and all of them lead you back to tie bar, which I thought was just great. It's so simple and easy to understand. It has that classical element where a custom suit shop would want. And it also just has kind of a fun, hip, interesting way to create such a simple logo or thumbnail. So tie bar, it's amazing, simple, and classic. Also, it has that uniqueness. So I think a lot of the things they have in their store kind of hit the key words. They are very classic in their style of suits. They also add the element of uniqueness with colors and cuts of suit. It's a little bit more modern, a little bit more hip. They're trying to um, draw in that younger crowd. So they hit some of the three main, or three main in my opinion, key areas of Target. The second example I want to explain about the words or letters being an image is Beats, the headphones. If you look at the logo, you're like, oh, it's just a little B. But if you really look at the logo, it is itself a headphone. So I think that's a very clever little logo that, again, it's capturing what it is. It's the actual shape of um, the product. And it's super simple. And that's what Beats are. They just want it to be a quality a headphone, simple, and attract, you know, the younger demographic. And that logo really wraps up that entire market. The positive thing about having your logo be both the letters and an image, I think really plays well together. So whether it is the actual product you're selling as the image, like Beats, or just kind of what it represents, the tie bar, they really help solidify the brand as a whole. So when you look at the logo, you automatically associate it with what it is. So for example, when you look at the Beats logo, you know exactly that's Beats headphones. It does not say headphones. And it's not such an obvious picture that it is a headphone that you instantly think of that. But I think it is subtle enough to where people can associate that and it clicks in people's minds. It's easier to lock in and remember. The logos that stick very well have multiple associations with your brand. And Beats and Tie Bar, I think, do a great job at associating the name itself, the look and feel, and target market, target demographic, all into one, which is fantastic. When designing your logo, keep that in mind. Not every, like for example, with Outbranders, I did not want an image of a website or image of something digital as my logo. But for some companies, it is a very great outlet. For example, another one is Burger King. Letters, the words Burger King is sandwiched in between two buns. Genius. 
Very simple, very easy to understand. If it is possible to add an image that associates with your product or service, great, because then people can instantly see it and understand what it is you do. I think with the Outbrander's logo, it's hard for people to be like, oh, that's a branding agency or that's a consulting agency. But with Tybar Beats and Burger King, I think they really did a good job of pulling multiple aspects together and distributing it in a way that people can understand. So if you can use the image in your logo that associates with your product or service, go for it. I think it's a great idea. The second bucket I want to talk about is just an image. So we have quite a few we understand and know of. My first example is Instagram. And Instagram is just the little face of the camera, which is perfect for Instagram because that's what it is. It is all about taking pictures and having pictures um, as their main source of content. So having that little camera icon is brilliant for Instagram. And now that it's so popular, everyone associates it with Instagram and photos, which is exactly what they wanted. So they did a great job at initiating that mindset of when you look at the little camera, all that's going to be in there is pictures, which is great. The other example I wanted to talk about was Nike and Nike swoosh. Not just the name Nike, but their swoosh itself. As many know, if you see the swoosh, you associate it with Nike. But what does the swoosh represent? So I wanted to give two examples. Instagrams is obvious. Nike swoosh is not. If people know the history of Nike, or if you're interested in the history of Nike, the swoosh actually represents a wing of the goddess of victory named Nike. So that's where they got both their logo and their name, <laughs> which is very fitting. So goddess of victory, hello, Nike's first product was a track spike, track shoe, and obviously if you want to do sports, you want to win. So, Goddess of Victory, great name, Nike itself, but also the logo. It's unique, interesting, and kind of captivating in a way, where when you know the history, it's more kind of iconic. It's more, it's, it's, it has such more meaning when you know that it's a wing, or in, in my opinion, I think it's so much more meaningful. <laughs> when, when I found out that Nike's logo was the wing of Goddess of Victory, I'm like, wow, that is such a good idea. Like the association with a sports company and a goddess, it's, it's very nice. It's a very good pairing. But that swoosh by itself doesn't really have a meaning unless you know what its meaning is, the wing. When you see the swoosh for many people, you just associate with that, that with Nike, and you're like, I don't even know what that means. It's just a very strange little shape. It's like check mark or something. There's a contrast there with Instagram. So Instagram, you understand Instagram's all about pictures, but Nike swoosh is kind of just an image, really. It's just a nice image that really fit well. They kind of played it up as, as something unique. They wanted it to be a little different than a lot of the other logos out there. 
both are good. I think both are very fitting for the brand itself now. And when creating your logo, keep in mind, if it's a new company, new product or service, having the logo be hard to associate with might be a little difficult. So if you're creating a new product and you come up with something similar to Nike logo, it might be hard for your audience to understand what that means and how to represent it. With Instagram, if you did something more as an image, so if you're a shoe company and your logo is a little shoe and it's just the shoe itself, that's very easy to understand what it is. For service businesses, that's sometimes a little bit more difficult, um, especially if the service is not something that's associated with one thing. So right now I'm thinking of a mechanic and you could have a little picture of a car, you could have a picture of a tool, you could have a picture of the combination, and that's good and all, and people will probably associate it with a mechanic as long as you have the words next to each other. But if you have a picture of just a broken down car, it's not necessarily that positive. And if you have a picture of a perfectly working car, that doesn't really correlate with what you do because no perfectly working car goes to a mechanic. There's certain things like that where you, you would want to test a few different logo ideas and designs, but I think if you could use the logo image itself as your service, similar to Instagram, that would be really good. That'd be a good idea, and it'd be easier for people to understand, but if you want to be a little more unique like Nike, just keep in mind that it might take people a little longer to associate that image with you especially if you don't pair the words with it. So for example, Outbranders is not an image at all, so it doesn't fit in this category. But when I want the Outbranders logo to make sense to people who don't know what it is, I have a variation of the logo that actually says Outbranders underneath. So they don't understand what the OB stands for yet, and that association just isn't there. But with the Outbranders name underneath, it makes more sense. Keep that in mind when you're creating your logo on how to best associate people with your brand. And also, it can be kind of a weaning process. Like maybe you'll have that interesting, let's say it's the shape of a puzzle piece and your service is adoption agency. Like you're fitting all the pieces of your family together. You know, like each person's a piece of the puzzle. Let's say you want the logo to be a puzzle piece. The puzzle piece by itself doesn't correlate very well with adoption agency. So you have your puzzle piece and then you have the name of your adoption agency underneath it. After a while, people will get used to that puzzle piece being adoption agency and they'll, you'll be able to kind of remove that name and just use the image itself. So play around with it. See what your audience thinks. See um, how well certain ads do or even social traffic or website traffic when using certain logos versus others. Right now, as you're starting or if you're already established, kind of play around with it and understand, not necessarily post it, but play around with it in your mind, sketch it out, see what looks good to you, and again, test your market. Ask friends, family, and trusted advisors on their opinions. I think that's a great way to kind of Dip your toe into that frigid cold water and 
try something new. That also goes for people trying to transition into a new logo. Maybe you have one, you don't like it, you want something new. Play around with it. Do a lot of sketches and kind of come up with those key words you'd like to really transmit out of that business. So on to the next example. The third example is just words or letters. Again, there are a ton of examples on this and I think the most iconic or one of the most iconic in my opinion is Coca-Cola. They do a phenomenal job with associating the name and their product. Everybody knows that Coca-Cola font, that famous Spencerian script we know today as Coca-Cola. The association and their history, they kind of go into a little bit of detail about how the logo has changed over the years and kind of what modifications were made, but they really kind of held true to that initial logo design and it has worked for them very well because they are an iconic or in the U.S. an iconic brand. Holding true to that initial logo has done very well for them. Certain logos have changed quite a bit over the years. And I mean, theirs has changed too, but over all the years, you can pretty much point out and be like, yes, that's Coca-Cola. Another famous brand that just uses words is Ted Baker. They are a luxury clothing store. One thing to note when just using the words, so either just the letters or the word itself, a lot of companies that do this are higher-end or upscale companies. Coca-Cola is kind of not necessarily upscale, but it's kind of an exception in this category. But for a lot of these famous clothing brands, even if they did have logos before, for example, Burberry had a knight on a horse, like an actual knight. That was their logo. But now when they do all their advertising and all their logos in their stores, it's just the word. So I think a lot of companies are kind of shifting over, especially higher end companies are shifting over away from logo images and going more for just the word itself. When you're coming up with your logo design, if you're a higher end or upscale service or product, think of what other people's perceptions currently are about upscale logos and products. So a good idea and good base for any logo creation, regardless of scale, upscale, regular scale, downscale, whatever you want to call it, is look at one, your competitors and see kind of how they have done their logo, but also two, the general category. So if you're a, let's do the shoe example again. If you are a croc kind of shoe, crocs, little alligator, foam shoe, They are not really upscale luxury shoe, okay? They are very simple, modern, you know, kind of the, it feels good, it breathes, you get it wet, Crocs. Crocodile makes sense. All of that makes sense. Their shoe and their logo, they're not trying to reach this upscale, sophisticated market, okay? So really keep that in mind. When you're creating your logo, what is your target market and how will they perceive you? When coming up with the logo, make sure you look at all different aspects of what a logo represents. One, what you do as a business. 
Two, how you want to be perceived, your presence, your energy, and the understanding. Three, is it upscale? Is it not? Is it a more common product such as shoes or think of what your competitors are doing and direct competitors, but also look at different variations. Let's take the example of shoes. So Croc would be your competitor if you're doing more of that casual wear and maybe even more sporty, you know, flip-flops type of thing, or beach, a shoe that gets wet, but then go to the next level. Maybe you want to have the higher level of outerwear. Your competitor would be um, Tommy Hilfiger. They make flip-flops, or they design flip-flops and stuff, but they're just a little higher in allure, I suppose. And then you can also take it even higher and be, okay, well, what about coach flip-flops? There are multiple different levels, and understand each bracket. Understand where you fit in, or if you're trying to change brackets, understand where you want to be. And look at your competitors in those brackets and figure out how you fit in and what would make you stand out as well. The logo experience extremely important and needs to be, again, something that makes you happy. People can look at it, associate with you. They don't look at your logo and then get to the website or get to your store and are like, what the heck did I just walk into? That's not anything about what I was envisioning of this brand or company being. So make sure everything aligns, associates, and make sure it's something that makes you happy. Again, this is your business. This is what makes you happy. Have everything about that business make you happy. So that, I think, wraps up the logo episode of the Outbranders podcast. If you have a question, I would love to answer it for you. If you have a comment or would like to talk about a few other aspects of logos, comment below and... Let me know what you're thinking. Also, for those that have logos or are questioning some logos, share it with us. Let's kind of discuss that logo and kind of where you're teetering. I would love to be a part of that process and help guide you into the direction I think most fitting for your business. Last shout out is follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I put that in the complete wrong order of what how I use them. So <laughs> I'm on Twitter more than Instagram than Facebook. You can follow me on all three. You can pick your favorite one. But I will be posting updated podcasts, information, little how-tos, etc. Many things will be posted on those social platforms. If you want to stay tuned to what Outbranders is doing, follow me there. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.